I think that's how we're going to have to open it. <laughs> oh, I was doing an impression of the Grease Man. <laughs> well, that's going to end up being the intro to the Stout Brothers New York Sports. Oh, come on. <laughs> that was, okay, no, all right, well, let me explain that then. Um, so, okay, first of all, hi, everyone, I'm Morgan. Uh, I'm Brody. We are brothers. Yeah. We are the, the brothers Staub. <laughs> okay, I guess I have to explain the Grease Man. You're going to have uh, to. <laughs> So I've been listening to uh, a podcast called Guys, hosted by uh, Murder Brian, formerly of Street Fight Radio. Yeah, it is a great title. <laughs> and the premise of the podcast basically is talking about different hobbies and like guys who have different hobbies. And uh, one thing they do for their bonus episode is talk about shock jacks. So a guy oh, that they've fun. talked about a lot in the past and now is this guy called The Grease Man, who is... Maybe just the most irritating person that's ever existed. Um, he was like a shock jock in D.C. in the 90s and got fired for doing horrible, horrible racist things. Naturally. Um, shock jock. That's what yeah. they do. <laughs> right. Uh, but the thing about him is that uh, he's very irritating and he would just make weird sounds when he was testing his microphone. So that's what I was doing there. It was an homage to the Grease Man. I did not think it would be recorded, but <laughs> hey, you live and you learn. <laughs> there you go. Now you know better for next week. Um, all right. Well, anyway, so this is going to be... Um, a la, I think, like WFAN or ESPN Radio, any kind of, you know, um, New York sports talk show, which I am obsessed with. Morgan, I know you have your own <laughs> feelings that are uh, towards sports talk radio in New York as well. Um, I think yeah. Dad used to pick us up always listening to Francesa, like the Mad Dog or, uh, you know, the K Show or whatever. So <laughs> I think it's kind of where it started um, and been obsessed with yeah. it ever since. Yeah, and I, I would just say that, uh, you know, a lot of cities have their own sports radio now. Um, I mean, every city has their own sports radio talk show. But yeah, uh, I really think that um, it's important to acknowledge that this whole thing started in New York on WFAN. New York. I think it's a very, yeah, I think it's a very <laughs> New York phenomenon. It is. Uh, sports talk radio. because There's it's enough like, teams you know, to cover 24 hours worth of content. And, exactly. And, uh, and yeah. it's also, you know, the feeling that you're at the center of the universe and the feeling that, you know, there's enough going on here. The city that never sleeps, basically. So 24-hour sports talk radio was kind of, you know, seemed inevitable once uh, sports yeah. media started going. So, yeah, this really is the birthplace of sports talk radio. The, and it's fan, was, uh, the fan was the first city. dedicated sports talk uh, radio network, I think, also. Which is, you yep. know, obviously yep. it was New York Focus. And that was, uh, what was it? It was, I think it was... Don LaGreca might have been f one of the first on there, but I know like, Don Imus was like the guy who was uh, yep, you know, Imus the was first, on there. and Francesa too, and Mike and the Mad Dog was the first like huge phenomenon show. Um, yeah. And, uh, so this yeah. is a very New York specific thing, sports yeah. talk radio. It so started out that way at least. We're following so, yeah. their footsteps, so here we go. Um, anyway, uh, I think I wanted to start off with football just because that's where we're at right now. That is what is going on. Um, in the middle of October, since the baseball teams were terrible, um, and there's you know nothing new to talk about there yet. Um, but let's start off with football, and we are we have the same allegiances when it comes to teams, which is the Yankees, the Giants, the Knicks, and the Rangers. For me, it's really the Rangers when they're in the playoffs. I'm not a huge hockey fan. I'm gonna try better this year. Um, but it's uh, yeah, so probably gonna be focusing a lot more on them, or at least we'll be more negative towards. Eh, actually, we might be more negative towards our own teams. <laughs> than the other ones um but that's uh, just to get that out of the way now if we seem biased we might be a little bit um but let's start with the giants more um daniel jones missed last week 
Tyrod Taylor showed up and played surprisingly well against a Bills team that everybody thought was going to roll through the Giants. They were a 15-point underdog at home. Um, so, obvious. Oh, wait, no. Was that game in Buffalo? That was in Buffalo. That yeah. was in Buffalo. You're right. Okay. That was so, why they were the largest underdog of any team that's this what it was. season in the NFL. Not at home, but same idea. No. Um, so, do you think that Daniel Jones is going to end up being looked at as the starter for the rest of the season, or is it still his job no matter what happens? Um, I think it's kind of hard to say because what I would say is that Jones has looked very bad this season, especially compared to last year. But at the same time, you do have to look at the offensive line. And I know that's kind of a cop out, but it it is, uh, (laughs) it it is true, but it's also interesting to see how that poor line play at times has affected him, even when he has a clean pocket, Mm -hmm. like you'll see plays where he's just completely bailing out of a clean pocket and looking like his internal clock is sped way up just because he's used to it, uh, and that's a huge problem for a guy like him who has to really go through these progressions as a quarterback. You know, Jones is a guy who, if the first read isn't there, he can always run, which I think is a very positive thing for any quarterback. He hasn't been doing that this year, though. He hasn't been doing that because I think that it's really sped up his internal clock, so either I think he's bailing on the pocket right away to run, which we've seen a lot, and that doesn't result in big gains, or he's holding on to the ball too long and getting sacked. So when those are the only two things that you can do as a quarterback, you're not going to have a good time. Now, when Taylor stepped in, I think that what Tyrod has is kind of, obviously as a veteran, he has more experience. He's been in the league probably about 10 years, I want to say. He started I think out even longer Stack, than that. I, know that. I think it's like 13 years or something, but yeah. Yeah, been he's around been in the a while. forever. He started as a backup with the Ravens. But yeah. what he has is that veteran experience to kind of, overcome that bad offensive line play in terms of the internal clock that I was talking about. Like Taylor is able to know that like, okay, I'm not necessarily going to get drilled on every single play, even if it feels that way. Tyrod's so first was season was 2011, by the way, with the Ravens. Okay. Yeah. So he's At been around 22. For years, yeah. 13 years. So, uh, yeah, he was able to stand in there and make some big throws that Jones would have either held onto the ball and gotten sacked or bailed on, tried to run and picked up, you know, four yards. But he had a, a couple of key plays to Darius Slayton down the sideline that I love to see. Yeah. He had a re- – yeah, it's just some really nice throws. And at this point, I think with Jones having the neck injury, I think I would start Tyrod for this next game against Washington just because I consider that uh, a winnable game. It, it's their first one since week two that I've really thought is a winnable game. Yeah. And I think I would like to see what he can do against – a team that's not one of the best in the NFL. So I'd like to see him get that opportunity. Yeah, so if you don't know, the next game coming up is against the Washington Commanders. Um, And right now, I don't have the line. I'm trying to find it. But, um, yeah, this is uh, definitely the first game in a few weeks where you don't think, oh, my God, they're going to get steamrolled. So, um, yeah, you have to think that this should be a game that you're looking at for a win that is uh, not – a uh what's the like far-fetched i guess um but yeah so something else that i wanted to touch on with tyrod is he seemed to actually use what you know little talent they have in the you know receiving core meanwhile darren waller like all season has not felt like the the number one target that he was brought here to be um and tyrod taylor kind of you know actually relied on him the way that i thought that daniel jones was going to you also have saquon back in the lineup and that can't really be overlooked um I mean, Daniel Jones, well, when he had Saquon early in the year, did not look great. But you can't, you know, you can't forget that Saquon had been missing for what three weeks, four weeks. Um, yeah. So the and last let time, me just say, 
Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, let me, let me just say about Waller real quick. I think it's been hard because as a tight end, when your line is terrible, a lot of the times you're going to be brought in as an extra blocker. Yep. So I think that's kind of what we've been seeing if he's disappearing off the field is probably because he's been blocking. Because, right. you know, they're starting guys off the couch, literally, <laughs> Justin Pugh, who actually played well. He was, he was the best, <laughs> best offensive lineman <laughs> we've had all year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I think Waller said the block a lot, and I don't think he's been able to stretch the field in the way we've been used to. Uh, used to seeing with the Raiders in the past, and I think that, or any if, other team with a uh, with an athletic tight end, that Giants have never right. managed to use their tight ends well. Um, back well, when Evan Ingram was here, a, even though he was not, he had bricks for hands, but we we remember that well. But <laughs> the Jaguars seem right. to figure out a way to use him well. Um, but the we Giants never did. like a blocking tight end as opposed to other teams that maybe use a more athletic guy like Ingram. The Giants always prefer like. You know your Mark Bavaros, right? Like um, even Jeremy Shockey used to block a lot, and he was, you know, he was a great offensive weapon. But they used to use him a lot, you know. Don't get me started. Most (laughs) overrated player in Giants history, but but whatever. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I really think that if Waller can somehow get going, that would be amazing. If this line can somehow hold it together and give Waller more room to stretch the field, I think that that that's kind of the key to if this team is going to turn around at all or if they're just going to go 1 and 16 i mean yeah. which is on the table at this point i i mean i don't know about 1 and 16 but they definitely could go i don't know 3 and 14 that that feels viable um that being said uh if they do end up having one of those kinds of seasons um, what do you think changes in between this year and next year do you think they go out and they draft someone like uh, i mean i don't think Caleb Williams ends up that falling even to let's say the third pick um, outside of those first two bears picks. If they do end up with one and two the Panthers look terrible. Um, but do you think they end up going for a quarterback? Do you think they bring back Dable? Do you think they sever ties? I mean, is there, is there anything that really changes in between this year and next year? Yeah. I mean, I think that you have to bring back Dable. I, I, I just don't think firing a coach every two years is a great way to run an organization. And I think that he proved enough in his first year with very little talent that yeah. I think you can, if not accept the step back this year, understand it a little bit, that maybe they overachieved last year uh, and this year is kind of a market correction. So I, I do think that bringing back Dable would be the right move. And I, I I don't think you can overreact to this start because this team just really has no talent. And, and as far as the quarterback goes, the Jones contract, I believe, has an out after next year where they could cut him potentially. I don't remember the details on that, but the contract isn't guaranteed fully. Obviously, I think it's only guaranteed through next year. So I would like to see them possibly make a move for a quarterback in this draft, even if it's the guy in the second or third round. Sure. I I would like to have Jones have some competition going into next year, which possibly could be the last year of his contract. He's got the two guaranteed years that they can get out of after next season. Um, so I... I think that you're right. You should have some kind of competition because I still don't think that he and he he does not look like the guy. I've he's never looked like the guy. Like he's never been the answer. Every single year with Daniel Jones, you've you've gone into the next season thinking, well, we didn't really get to see what he's fully capable of last year, um, and he's right. managed to skate by like that for what five six years now. Um, so I don't I, think it's that it's, many, but yeah, I think it, I, I mean, think this is his. F- this is his fifth year, isn't it? Because they didn't pick up his fifth year option, which is why they had to pay him anyway. Oh yeah, that's right. Man, time flies. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, um, but, but yeah. I mean, the thing with Jones last year in that playoff game against the Vikings was the first time where I actually thought, okay, this is the guy. And right. All off season, once they re-signed him, I was like, here's our guy. This is our guy. You know, and I 
was of the opinion, and still am to some extent, that a lot of the hate he gets is from people not wanting to be wrong about their initial draft reaction, which was to laugh at the pick. Yeah, uh, and there's a lot I, of that. Lot but of people, people got over Kristaps Porzingis. <laughs> they started and to love that, him. Some didn't. <laughs> some didn't, I guess. That's a good point. Um, but yeah. yeah, go on. I mean, I just think that at, what I've seen this year is extremely concerning, but uh, once I, I need to see him back behind Andrew Thomas and John Michael Schmitz and like the good linemen again before make a full judgment. And also, you know, you're paying him through next year no matter what happens. So might right. as well just keep running him out there. Um, but as I said, not this week. I would give Tyrod an opportunity just to see how he looks. I don't think he's going to light the world on fire, but I would just want to test that out and kind of as a control, like like in a scientific experiment, sure. to see what he looks like behind this line against a team that you theoretically should be able to beat. I've always liked Tyrod. Um, even, I like, I remember back in, uh, it was one of the first, like, man or Maddens that I got really into the ultimate team. Um, I It was like when I first started, Tyrod was the quarterback, and I was like, whoa, this is, you know, like, because he was cheap or something. So like, it was when he was a Raven. Um, he was, like, the backup to Joe Flacco, and he was, like, a 60-something overall. And this was the first I had ever heard of Tyrod. And I was like, man, this guy can run. He's got a deep arm and, like, all these things. And I was like, this is, this is perfect for the, you know, your starter quarterback on an ultimate team. And then he got the starting gig in Buffalo, um, which we have a lot of connections to the Bills. Um, the Bills are, are, I think, safe to say, both of our second favorite teams. Um, I always root for them when the Giants inevitably get eliminated. Um, but they... Uh, the the bills made him their starter and i was like oh this guy like he he can run he can throw you know maybe he's going to be something you know something to to watch and he actually i mean he did fine when he was a bill nothing you know i like his record right here 7 and 6 7 and 8 8 and 6 um you know nothing but else, i'd also nothing say that'll blow the he, he doors make, open for him but he he did all right yeah yeah but he didn't make the playoffs there no I, you know no yeah. and then they Which got josh allen right after that so that was uh you know that was it. Um, but my point being there, it's like when he was given a full chance, he, you know, he went almost 500 every year. In 2017, he went eight and six. So um, it's, uh, you know, he's a capable quarterback. So it, why not just see? Like, it's. I think you can get a better gauge on the rest of the team. If you have a guy who you know what he's capable of, he has a proven track record of being able to, you know, at least win a game. Um, and uh, yeah, I think you kind of need to figure out what you're going to do with the skill position players, too, because as you said earlier, we saw um, Darius Slayton get used, which he has always shown big playability. He's not like a reliable receiver, but he can he can bust you know down the sideline and get open for you know forty yard chunk play or something, um, which the Giants desperately need anything explosive because when Saquon especially is gone, they have next to nothing <laughs> that is uh, you know able to to break a game open. Um, right. But yeah. All right. Any other thoughts on the Giants before we move on to the uh, the J E T S? Jets, Jets, Jets. No, I, <laughs> no, let's do it. I, I, I have a, a thought initially that I, I kind of want to share, which was I think this bye week is coming at a horrible time for them. I think it is too. It's brutal that they're coming off of a huge win and they have to take a week off. But they're also hurt. Yeah. So, you know, they, they could probably use the time. But if you want to talk about momentum. Yeah. yeah. And, I, I mean, I think that the, the Jets' defense is truly very, very good. I don't know if it's championship level, but – you know, it's it's really quite good. It's right up there. It's yeah. not. Um, and the way that they won that game against the Eagles and against the team that was undefeated, 
I mean, I, I wouldn't call the Eagles frauds necessarily, but they had been playing close games. They'd kind of been playing with fire all they season. They haven't clicked yet. They haven't shown the same kind of dominance they had last year. Right, and they were undefeated, so I'll give them credit for that. Right. But, they, um, but you know, it did seem at points during the season like they weren't uh, fully putting teams away. There, there had been points where the Eagles were laying teams back in the game, and to that point it hadn't burned them. And then on Sunday with the Jets it did. You saw Jalen Hurts throw that huge pick. You saw the pick six. You saw every, like, and that's kind of how I feel about the Jets. I think that this team's best path forward is to capitalize on mistakes that other teams make because I don't think they're going to go out and beat teams on their own. Just because I don't think I think Zach Wilson has played better these past few games, but I just don't think he's good enough to beat teams on his own. Right. So I think that you have to take advantage of what the other teams give you uh, as the Jets this season, and I think that that could get you into the playoffs. Look, you're going to hear. Really, really soon, if the Jets win another couple games, you're going to start hearing constantly about Trent Dilfer. <laughs> um, that's that's going to be right. the the hot button, uh, you know, comparison for Zach Wilson. Like, well, the Ravens did it with that defense. Um, well, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, think this is the 2000 Ravens by any means. No. But um, you know, Quincy Williams is having a great year. C.J. Mosley is having a great year. You also like, obviously, Sauce Gardner won Defensive Rookie of the Year last year. He's great. I mean, this is Quinnen Williams. Um, good. What did I say? Bryce Huff. Did I say Quincy. Oh. <laughs> I said Quincy. No, Williams. they're both on the team. They, yeah, they, they have Quincy, both. Quinnen and Quincy. Yeah. yeah. Um, although Quinnen, I think, is the is he? Are they both on the defense? Quinn, Wait, Quinn was yes. Quinn is the D line. Quincy is the linebacker. Yes, That's it. Correct, it's, yes. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, Quinn was the high pick. Yes, yes. they so, also have Michael um, Carter, the cornerback, and Michael Carter, the running back. They got two Michael Carters. They got Brees Hall, Bryce Hall, and yep. Bryce Huff. Bryce Huff. Got, That's it, another it's, one. It's yeah. it's quite ridiculous. Zach Wilson, Garrett Wilson. It's it's disgusting, frankly, it's, what they do over there. It really um, is. Joe Douglas yeah, is evil. I mean, yeah. Right. I, I, one thing I want to say is that... Oh, they also I have Quentin Jefferson, Robert, by the way. Right, Quentin Jefferson. I do think Robert Sala is a very good coach. I think um, he's I think he's a great defensive coach. I think he does not have a very good handle on his players, to be honest with you. And I think that that's been an issue for him going back to last year with the Mike White situation. Because if you... Any coach with integrity, I would think would make sure that you don't have guys openly mocking your starting quarterback or a guy who's supposed to be, especially when he's in his, what, second year out of being drafted and he's not doing too great. I That really is going to stick with me. And this year, um, after uh, after Rodgers went down in the first couple games, they were all – it's been better since. But, um, you know, Brees Hall was tweeting at, you know, basically his lack of usage, Sauce Gardner – deactivated his Twitter account because he was talking shit. It's just like a lot of, uh, you know, they, I, I don't know if it's the guys being, I don't want to say immature. That doesn't seem fair. They're in the NFL. But it's, you know, um, just being like chippy or, you know, being brash individuals that um, Sala should have a better handle on like, hey, let's not do that. <laughs> like we need to be a team. You right. Know? Well, um, the, yeah. I would say I don't think the Wilson stuff is his fault. I, I really think that the front office was kind of pushing Wilson to be the guy. You don't think he should have not position. let them wear Mike fucking white shirts? Uh, honestly, if they want to do it, I mean, they're grown men. They're going to have to handle themselves. I don't think the coach is their babysitter. I mean, no, but I, it is like, his job to limit noise. This is not. I. That's, you know, he has yeah, to keep them is, focused. But, but, but at the time they were wearing the Mike White shirts, Mike White was their quarterback. So it's not yeah, like they were true. going out there openly saying, 
you know, we should cut Zach Wilson, although maybe they should they, have. They should have been. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. They weren't openly saying we need to cut Zach Wilson because we don't like him. They were just saying, you know, we support Mike White. Mike White's our quarterback. And the problem was that you didn't see that same level of support for Zach Wilson. That's really what the problem was. Right. Uh, but it's understandable if you watch both of them play. Not that Mike White is a world beater. But no, but he was better he was than Zach last year. Yeah. It's the and same it's, the same kind of issue with Tyrod and, and Daniel Jones. One of them was actually using what was around him. The other one seemed to not be able to do anything. Um, right. And, yeah. And that's that, that's a problem. But I, I think their locker room is fine because they're winning. And I think that Salah, I do think the players really, really like Salah. They obviously play they very hard for him. Yeah. Um, they, Did you watch Hard Knocks? Uh, no, I didn't want to watch the season, but I, I, I did watch good. the first game of the year, and when Rodgers went down, it would have been very easy for that team to roll over and die, and it showed right. a lot, in my opinion, from the head coach and the players that they were able to rally together and win that game against a really good team. Yeah. So I do have a lot of respect for Robert Sala. I think he's a very good coach, uh, and I, I really think that the Jets have a great opportunity here. Now, your problem is going to be, again, Zach Wilson just not battle-testing the same way. He played really, really well against the Chiefs on that Sunday night game a few weeks ago. That was his like, like first game well. where you watched it and said, all right, you know what, maybe he can actually hack it. And not, no pun intended. <laughs> okay, take it easy. <laughs> uh, no pun intended. But, uh, but yeah, but no, I, it's possible. I, I would need to see, yeah, I would need to see. I'm going to look up their schedule. I'm looking at it right forward. now. They have the Giants, they have the Chargers. Um, that's, I, I would say, at the Giants, but you know how that works. Giants, Chargers, at Vegas, at Buffalo, then they have the Dolphins, Falcons, Texans all at home. Then they go to Miami, Washington, um, or Washington in New York, and then at Cleveland, at New England. So, um, okay, so good a mix, lot, but a lot, a lot of beatable teams. Yeah, lots like of they winnable could beat games. The Giants. They could beat the Chargers because the Chargers like to beat themselves. They do. They, they could beat, the beat the Raiders. They they go they to Buffalo. Buffalo is gonna in Buffalo. They're going to be looking for revenge. They're going to try to kill Zach Wilson. Um, right. So that's uh, that probably Dolphins not going to go game, well. Dolphins in New York. When the that, Dolphins come to Jersey, that's going to be. I think that's. That's isn't November that on Black 20. Friday? It is. It's the Black Friday game. Friday, November twenty right. fourth at three o'clock. Should be. Should be a great game. But yeah. The Dolphins also have a tendency to play weirdly slow in first halves and then pull away in second halves. So uh, I could see scary. I don't know <laughs> the Jets having an opportunity to get in that game early. Yeah, uh, but if they don't get in that game early, if they don't score first in that game, they're yeah. gonna have a lot of trouble with the Dolphins. Now, after that, I mean, I think the schedule is relatively easy. Falcons, the, Texans, Dolphins back to Miami, and then Washington, Cleveland, New England. That's a lot of winnable games to end the year. Right. Um, they should go five and one. They should. Stretch. But the only thing is uh, that when you, if you talk about AFC playoff teams i think you still have to win more than that i i don't know if that's going to be enough maybe yeah it might not be but let me i'm also looking at this jets browns game december 28th of yeah looks like a, either sunday night or monday night game thursday night game um thursday night okay yeah. my bad um hammer the under because those are two great <laughs> defenses i'm yeah. not much of a better myself but if you're into it i'll give you a free pick morgan's free pick of the week uh for december 28th so keep this in mind go. two months from now Jets Browns hammer the under. Man. I would not be surprised if that game ends like six to three. You could end up doing a Morgan's free pick of the week every week yeah. until then, and it could be the same one. That'll be great. <laughs> Brought go. to you by Pete Rose. Yeah. Um, okay. So should we? Should, can we talk about the Knicks? Yeah. Let's get into the Knicks. I think that's enough on the Jets. They are. Uh, oh, actually, one last thing on the Jets. Do you think Aaron Rodgers comes back or not? No, I, I think he's no. I, I, I the, here's the thing. I, 
I'm so He's a sick psycho. of caring about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> like, I, yeah, everybody besides is. my personal disagreements with him, I, I just think that... Played three snaps ESPN, here, and everyone treats him like he's been here forever. Well, and not only that, it, it's just the... It, there's, like, constant Aaron Rodgers coverage coming from ESPN based on his weekly appearances on McAfee, and it's I, just... Have you ever heard of an injured player more? They, has yeah, anyone just, hurt very not playing tiresome. ever talked this much? Like, <laughs> Right, and it, honestly, annoying. if I was the Jets, I'd be like, can you... Stop going yeah, on there, please. Shut up and, like, until you get it. back on the field. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, but uh, no, I don't think he comes back this year. I think he'll try, um, but I just don't think that that... I think ultimately the Jets' doctors will overrule him, want him to be healthy for next year. Uh, but I do think he'll make every effort, but I don't think he'll quite get there. Okay. All right. I think that's very fair. Um, all right. Moving on. Here comes the fun stuff. Let's do a little bit of a preview for the Knicks. Morg, there's a report okay. that Joel Embiid says that he wants to come to the Knicks. What do you think? there any yeah, truth bullshit. to it? Does it matter? Anymore. No. <laughs> okay. No, nope, it doesn't matter. I don't buy those anymore. I, I remember when the Knicks were a sure thing to sign Chris Bosh. I'm not I'm, – listen, I've been not really burned because that would imply I believed it. I kind of stopped believing them 10 years ago. But <laughs> I, there have been so many reports that the Knicks have been after this star or that star or whatever, and it's because the Knicks drive clicks, you know, Knicks for clicks. And they drive media coverage and attention. And – if you link a player's name to the Knicks, you're going to get people to pay attention to you. So, no, I don't buy any of that. Uh, let me say, I'll believe it when I see it. It, it. Joel Embiid would have to be 60 games into his Knicks tenure for me to believe that that would happen, and that's not going to happen. He's, I think he's pretty comfortably cemented in Philadelphia for the foreseeable future. Uh, I think that that franchise would be stupid not to do everything that they possibly could to keep him there, and I think they will do that. But where I wanted to start was the ESPN Top 100. Did you read this? Uh, yeah, wait, no, I did not. Also, I, I wanted to say about uh, Embiid is, you're right, we've heard the same deal a lot. Although, maybe it's just that I'm insane, but this one does feel a little bit different in that, I don't know, Philly seems like they're... Uh, nope. <laughs> Philly does seem like they're going to collapse because I don't think James Harden is going to be sticking around. Anyway, moving on. Um, I would put that out of your mind. ESPN Top 100. Let me pull it up right yeah. now and I'll look at it. Well, okay, so let me tell you. The Knicks are tied for the most players on this list with the Golden State Warriors. Um, I have the Knicks rankings in front of me, so I'll just read them off. Mitchell Robinson, number 98. Emmanuel Quickly, number 92. Josh Hart, right behind number 91. Wait, right hold on. I have Mitch at 100. Are we looking at the same thing? October 10th, 2023. That's last year he was 98. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, you got quickly at 92. Josh Hart at 91. Let me see. I got... This is great radio. Hold on. Yeah, it is. Uh, quickly at 92 and Hart at 91. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And then, then RJ Barrett at 71. Fine. All right. Randall, 45. Jalen Brunson, 32. So... What I think about that is that I really think that just shows the depth that this Knicks roster has compared to the other teams in the East, which are very top-heavy and better. Let me be clear about that. They're definitely better. There are at least three, maybe four better teams than the Knicks in the East. Yeah. But those teams are very top-heavy and may not have the depth that the Knicks do. So having six players in the top 100, even if you have none in the top 30, that just shows that this roster has been very... Where was the Randall? has been very well thought out. Randall was 45. Okay. Yeah. Which, I, I, he could have been anywhere on this list from like 90 to 20. So exactly. <laughs> depending on the night. And then uh, you said Brunson was 30, what? Brunson was 32. So high 30s. Yeah, that, that yeah. does feel fair. So, um, 
Yeah, that's I, the Knicks and, and Thibodeau in general. I, I think he really likes his depth pieces, even though he never plays them. But, he, uh, you know, his rotation well. plays every single night. They get, you know, it's uh, I, I, like the starters, like his guys will play, you know, 45 minutes and <laughs> and 81 games. Um, but it's uh, I'm exaggerating, but you get the idea. He loves guys that are he does like role players, defensive combo guards. He yeah. loves those. He loves his big – it does kind of surprise me because he is a guy – and the Knicks generally in the past have had a lot of power forwards. They've had a lot of fours on this roster over the past ten years. Man, remember that offseason they signed like six? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Bobby yeah. Portis. Yeah. Yes. But this is the thinnest the Knicks have been at the four in probably since I can remember. They have one. Uh, they have one power forward. Well, they have Randall. That's Randall. And then they're yeah. going to play – I guess they're going to play Josh Hart which would mean that they're going kind of small. And I, I don't really love the idea of Josh Hart being the backup four. I would rather have him be the backup three. I would rather yeah. have him coming in off the bench to spell RJ right. than spell Randall. But that is kind of concerning. And they did cut Isaiah Roby yesterday. Yes, saw that. I was kind of annoyed by because I think he had played relatively well in the, uh, in the preseason. And I think that it's just important to have that kind of depth on your roster. I don't understand why Evan Fournier is still on the roster. It's um, going to be a I don't mean thing, to belabor this point. Yeah, yeah, because it's been talked about ad nauseum, but I don't he mean to like, 15 points on. in preseason the other day, even though it's preseason. Yeah, but, that's, that's, but he can you know. do that any night that he's playing. The right. point is he's just not that good. But, like, I just don't understand why they didn't just trade him or cut him. I mean, I know it's because of the money, but I don't know how it's worth more to the team to keep him on the roster and never intend to play him right. than it is to just move him for literally nothing or even attach a second rounder or whatever if you have to. Was he um, also – he was the previous uh, – was he a previous regime guy? No. No, Leon Rose has been here for No, he came in with Leon. I yeah. mean, I understand the contract is horrible. You would have to under, You would have to attach – I mean, you might have to attach first to get rid of him. I, I don't know what the going rate would be, but – it does bug me that he's on this roster when he doesn't provide much depth and he's certainly not going to play. And he seems to want to play. He seems to think he should be playing, which it, that's the mentality an athlete should have. I don't begrudge him. Right. But he's not, he's not going to play here. So I would really do whatever it takes to get rid of him at this point. I just don't think it's good for him to be around the team. And that's nothing personal. It's just it's not a good situation. And I think it's time to move on. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. Last year you saw – I mean, he – I, I think I remember him griping about not getting enough playing time and just like there's a yeah. whole thing about, you know, what are you going to do with uh, with Fournier? He's just rotting on the bench, um, which he really was. <laughs> and he didn't play very well when he got in the games. Um, but it's also when you talk about um, the forwards, they they don't have a lack of centers. That's for sure. Right now, they have I mean, no. Jericho Sims, Hartenstein is huge. Uh, they did cut Roby, you said. Um, but yeah, Hartenstein and. All right. Sorry about that. Our device died. We were talking about the uh, the Knicks. Now they're kind of short on forwards, but they have plenty of centers um, in Sims, Hartenstein, and obviously in Mitch. Um, Morg, what do you expect out of Mitch this year? Because I feel like when he's been healthy and stayed on the floor for long stretches, he's been good. Um, but he does get injured a lot, and uh, he's also not an offensive threat pretty much at all. So um, what do you see from him this year? I mean, I don't think they need him to be an offensive threat. I think the scoring can come from Brunson, Barrett, and Randall. I think that Mitch's biggest problem is health and foul trouble. You know, several nights you'll see him get out there and he has two fouls before you can even find your seat, you know. So, like, to me, I, I wouldn't say he hasn't lived up to expectations. I would say that he, he 
has missed a lot of time due to being hurt, and there's been frustration with him at times because maybe the expectations were outsized when he came into the league and was leading the league in blocks and, you know, had the highest field goal percentage ever for <laughs> whatever it was. But I, I think maybe those expectations were a little bit outsized and perhaps he hasn't, like, skyrocketed his trajectory the way some people thought he would, but he's still a really, really solid NBA player. He was incredible in that first round against Cleveland. Um, I love Mitch. He's longest-tenured Nick, I'm pretty sure. And Is that right? You know, I, I, I really think he he'll be, be fine. I'm not, I'm not worried about Mitch. The only... I, I am a little curious to see what happens at shooting guard, just to look at this roster a little bit more, just because I think there's a chance that White Dante uh, supplants Grimes <laughs> for some starts. Yeah. Uh, White, White Dante seems like a Tibbs guy. Tibbs big does like Grimes, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I So, DiVincenzo is 6'4", it looks like. I thought he was a little bit bigger than that. I think he plays a little bit bigger than that. Um, so, he's actually coming from the uh, Warriors, he was he was on the Bucks and then he went to the Kings. Oh, he only started one game for the Kings, you know, coming off the bench in his role. He hasn't started since the twenty twenty one season for a full year. Uh, last year he started about half the yeah thirty six games last year. I didn't even realize he was uh, on that team. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, yeah, averaging nine and a half, four and a half boards, and about four assists. So yeah, pretty solid year for a bench contributor. I do like the idea of bringing the Villanova guys together. I think that. Something like that, when you're not trying to bring stars together, it tends to work a little bit better when you have guys who are familiar with each other, but maybe you don't have the egos that the superstars have. I think that works really well. Yeah. Um, so I, I do like that, and um, I, I think he'll be a good addition. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him starting about mm, a third of the games, uh, just because Tibbs generally likes to run the same lineup out there, but if we know one thing about Tibbs is he's not that patient with the young guys. Uh, Grimes last year <laughs> no, was kind of an exception, been. so we'll see how long the leash Grimes has. And if he gets on Tibbs' nerves at all, I could definitely see White Dante uh, supplanting him in the starting lineup, Yeah, which I wouldn't be a huge fan of, but hey, you know, season hasn't started yet. we got a long way to go. It's true, actually, and I think the, what is it, the 25th that is opening night? Yes, the 25th Celtics at the Garden um this garden not the other garden the fake garden uh the real garden, the real yeah. garden. what uh what do you see um uh standings wise at the end of the year where do you think the knicks end up in the east so i, I have them at four right now which is being pretty optimistic um i i ran through my predictions the other day um i'll probably throw them out on twitter uh, as we get closer to the season but sure Right now in the East, I got the Bucks, Celtics, and Sixers clearly ahead of them. I don't think there's much of an argument there. Those are three elite teams. But I do think that the Knicks have the potential to finish the regular season better than the Cavs, the Heat, and the Hawks, who I think are kind of that next tier. Um, you have them so over I the Heat. I do have them at, num- at the four seed. Sorry? You have them over the Heat? Yeah, I do, just because I don't That's think the Heat care about the regular season. If, That's if true. you ask me which team's going to go farther in the playoffs... <laughs> the Phillies but, of the NBA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the Bengals in the NFL, they don't care about the regular season. So I, that's why I have the Heat lower. Um, I do think they're going to go further in the playoffs just because they have Spo and they have that incredible, um, you know, I don't... I guess I have to say fucking heat culture, Yeah, you know, (laughs) that's stupid, but it's true. They do like, they go far despite not having a lot of guys on the team this year. They're really testing that, but, um, I, I do think that they'll go far in the playoffs, but I don't think they'll do well in the regular season. 
Surprise team I have in the East is the Magic. I really like their I really like their roster. I think it's well constructed. I think Paolo makes a leap. They have a star, which is the hardest thing to get in the NBA. They have Paolo and they have Franz Wagner is also really good. So I have the Magic at six. But yeah, I got the Knicks slotted in at four, uh, behind the Bucks, Celtics, and Sixers. And perhaps that's optimism because the Knicks generally have a hard time putting together back to back really good seasons. But I don't know. It, it feels a little different with Brunson here. It feels like legit the franchise is going in the right direction in a way that feels real yeah um all right i think that's fair last year they ended up with a 47 and 35 record um do you think then they uh do you think they hit 50 this year or no i don't think they quite hit 50 i'll go i think the over under for them uh on another podcast i was listening to was 45 and a half okay so i think they go over but slightly I'll, i'll say they win I'll say they went 48, one more than last year. How about that? All right, sure. I think uh, that's fair. I, I also think they end up somewhere in the mid-40s. I would say I'll give them 46. That feels – which is one less than last year, actually. How about that? So okay. it's uh, – yeah, 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 That feels right. Um, that all right. fine. We're right around there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think this team is so similar to last year. I don't see a huge change either positively or negatively, which is why um, I have them sitting right around the same. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I think, think Tibbs is also quick, just I think, a bastion of consistency as a person. So <laughs> anyway, yeah, go on. Right. Well, uh, I was just going to say real quick that, um, what the Knicks have is a very high floor in my opinion, yes. based on the depth, limited, they don't need a lot of variance from <laughs> yes. the, uh, star players night to night. They just kind of have the same team identity night in and night out. And right. I think that provides you with uh, some consistency. So I do think they have a pretty high floor. Uh, but also these guys have also played together ceiling. now for a long time. Um, like a lot of this is the same team that's being brought back once again. Um, you know, guys that you know well, um, with a few you know small ads. I mean, Dante Divincenzo should be uh, he'll he'll be around, but he's not an every night rotation guy. Um, right, as and I said earlier. Yeah, I think that one one thing that uh, goes well for the Knicks, it, I think that the fans' expectations I don't think are too outsized. I mean, it's Knicks fans, so it's kind Last of Last year, it was it was a lot more like, this is the year, and then, you know, it didn't go that well. But, <laughs> yeah. I just think that, um, I think Knicks fans are being a little more realistic that if they can win the first round again, I think that's a good year. Um, yeah. And I think their absolute ceiling would be somehow sneaking into the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, and I think that if they miss the playoffs, that's a disaster. Um, if they get in the play-in, that's like barely acceptable. I, I don't think the play in is the play is not even, acceptable. I, they should be yeah. a mid like bottom out possible, like acceptable season seating is six. I don't think if they end up as a seven or eight yeah. seed, people are going to be happy. Yeah. I think that seven or ten, seven to 10, if you're in the play in, I do think Tibbs will keep his job. I think if they miss the playoffs, he's gone. Yeah. And I think that, so seven to 10, I would say is like the lowest possible acceptable season. Uh, it wouldn't really be acceptable to me, but um, to Nick's front office, I think that if they finish somewhere in the play-in, I don't think Tibbs would be fired. Um, and I would say expectation is about four to six. Um, and I think if you get in there and you win the first round and you get to the second round again, you put up maybe more of a fight than you did against Miami, I think you have a pretty good year. Yeah, sounds good. All right, any thoughts on the Nets, or should we move on to a, a few quick notes about baseball and then wrap it up? Uh, I I just got one thing to say. I, the Nets, um, 
The only thing I have to say about the Nets is that I don't really know where the scoring's coming from. Like, Miles Bridges is going to have to drop 35 a night for that team to be uh, scoring any points, which he can do. We saw it last year, but um, it is kind of concerning to me when you have a team that's built around defense, as we saw with the Knicks a few years ago. They could have trouble scoring. Um, and I do have the Nets in the play-in at the lower You don't like Cam Thomas? as a nine seed, um, just because I think that defense is really good and I think they're well-coached. But I do think they'll have trouble scoring. And I think in the East that's going to be a little difficult. But I do think that they should match up. I think they'll have some fun matchups with the higher-end teams because I, I think that's like a scrappy Nets team. So I think they should be fun to watch, more fun to watch than they were uh, when they had all those stars who didn't want to be there. Sure. Um, also, yeah, this is going to be the first full year of Jacques Vaughn, who had them about, what, 11 games over five hundred last year? Um with, yeah, he you know, came in like a week into the season. Or yeah, something. they fired Steve Nash after seven games. So, <laughs> um, right. yeah, this is uh, this is going to be his first full test with a roster that's kind of, I mean, it's completely different, obviously, than the beginning of last year, and it's a lot of uh, you know younger guys who um, are experienced. Like, they're not a lot of you know really uh, like really young guys, but there's there's these are guys who have been around. Like, you have. Um, Cam Thomas is relatively young, but he showed a lot of promise last year. This is going to be his third year in the league. Um, right. And, uh, yeah, Dennis Smith Jr. has been around for a while. I think you'll probably end up seeing him for a bit. Ben Simmons is always a question mark um, just because he's Ben Simmons. Um, yeah. And the way that he be tough. is, you know, the, the way that he is in general as a person um, and the way that he has handled his career. Um, so if he ends up playing more than, you know, 60-something games and he, you know, finds his stride and it seems comfortable, then I think they'll be fine and they should be able to get to the plan. But I, I think that's their absolute ceiling. I think if he plays 60 games, they'll be ecstatic. I really don't know if they're expecting much from him at all. I don't even think he's starting on their depth chart. I think he will be probably shortly. I, I think he will be. I really I don't, don't, I don't think, think they have expectations fair. for him. He should be comfortable enough to play by now, you would think. Yeah, he should um, be. He might not be. Yeah. All right, yeah, also, Spencer Dimity is back, so that's fun. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so we've talked a lot about the Yankees on Mudville, um, but we are just going to do um, just a few quick thoughts, maybe do a little bit more, uh, I don't know, more in detail, and we'll, we'll talk about the Mets here too. Um, but more just on the Yankees, it is the offseason, and we have not heard a word yet from anybody uh, in the front office except you know that they were doing their audit, and it was like a, a self-audit. They had a roundtable where they were auditing themselves, um this is yeah that always works right I'm, I'm, yeah i'm thinking it'll be great self-reflection that was never bullshit in school um but <laughs> yeah let's uh let's let's just get into it what do you want to see out of the yankees offseason i don't want them to bring back sean casey really um, I, I haven't that. heard that actually yet from anyone why why don't you like sean casey well i don't think the hitting coach matters a lot but it just something about that hire never sat well with me. It felt messy. Like it just felt what, like ripping a guy out of know, the TV booth and being like, "Hey, come back." Yes, exactly. It, it just yeah. feels not. I, I just don't think that's a real. That's not a move a real team should be making that wants to compete. Um, I mean, I don't really know enough to say one way or the other how he affected the hitters. Clearly, it wasn't a lot enough to make them much better. Well, DJ um, looked great after he showed up, and DJ did say that he really helped them. And DJ was a guy yeah, who they but, needed to get right. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm Didn't do anything for Stanton, coach though. And maybe more of DJ just Being kind DJ. of finding a stroke and regressing back to the mean. But He, um, he credited Casey way. with, you know, helping him. 
Yeah, I know, but that could just be, you know, the guy works for the team, you want to give him sure. credit, you know. So I don't know how much stock I put into that. But, yeah, I would like to, them to get a real hitting coach. I would like Who do you want? To, and you can't say Kevin I, Long. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, you can't say who? Kevin Long. No, I don't. I, I, that been there, done that. Um, yeah, but he only got I, fired I really, because – have you seen the roster that he was working with? Do you remember the 2013-2014 Yankees? Anyway. Yeah, they didn't hit. Well, (laughs) look at who was on the team. (laughs) It was terrible. I know, but it's not like you turned them into a god squad. He's a good coach, but uh, I don't know. Just bring in someone, maybe maybe from the minors, like a guy that some of the young guys have worked with coming up. Sure. I think that might be good. Um, But, yeah, I I, I don't really know what to expect. I just kind of want them. I don't want them to do anything stupid or overreact. I don't know if I want another starting pitcher. And it'll help, but, like, they have pitching. I'm not worried about pitching. But the other thing is, like, I'm not that attracted to the position players that are available. So, like, I, I don't want I Cody s- Bellinger at all. I, I, I w- yeah. I'm so against signing him. <laughs> it just feels like a trap. Not even a trap, because a trap is something that you don't typically see coming. It's like, it just it feels like a mistake that is waiting to happen. Right. I want them to get rid of LeMahieu. Honestly, I think that will be a start. Um, if they could get rid of one of either LeMahieu or Stanton, I'd rather get rid of Stanton. Well, yeah, but nobody's going to take that contract. But like, you can't, DJ, you I, can talk someone into taking that contract. Like, I, that's I not as. Nobody's taking Stanton's contract. But so, I think LeMayhew has more value. <laughs> I mean, that's like. I get it. I don't. I don't think. I mean, DJ plays defense and he plays it really well. Yeah, uh, and he had a good offensive second half of the year last year. Yeah, but, like, if you're another team, what are you more likely to look for? Like, 34 year old, decrepit, drunk Carl Stanton who can't run? Or DJ LeMayu who plays school really glove defense and is a few years removed from a batting title. Uh, but I, I don't see them moving on from DJ next year. I, I That'd be a mistake. I I don't disagree with you. I just don't think that that would be uh, something that they end up doing. I like it, okay. DJ last year first half seventy six W or uh, excuse me wait a minute sorry. Um, these aren't advanced stats. Um, all right, so two twenty batting average in the first half, two seventy three in the second half. Uh, seven homers, eight homers, 13 doubles in the first half, actually nine in the second half. Um, well, granted, this is difference of about 12 games. Anyway, he got his average up um, and his Babbitt, or Babbitt, excuse me. Uh, OPS plus went up from 79 to 126. So that is worth paying attention to. OPS 643 to 809, first half to second half. So he really did pick it up in the second half. I think that's fair to say. Um, now, mm-hmm. if you the Yankees are in a problem or in a bind that we've seen them in before where they have too many old guys on too many years left on their contracts. Um, and it seems like the, like the last time this happened, I would say is actually the, the Kevin long era team that I was just talking about. Um, like the, uh, I'm trying to remember a specific name though that, I mean, to by the end felt like he had been here for too long. CC felt like he was, you know, wearing out his welcome before he turned his career back around. What was that? A Rod, A Rod, obviously, yeah. Who they ended up cutting <laughs> for Judge uh, to make room for Judge, um, but yeah, that was uh, the answer. Then was just cut bait, move on. Um, but those guys were also a little bit older. I mean, Stan is thirty three. It's easy to forget. Uh, he's he's not. He's like he's forty five. No, I know that, but he is thirty three, and uh, DJ is only well, DJ is thirty five. He'll be thirty six um, next season, but. Um, yeah, that's I don't why know. I want to move on. Do you see? 
uh, a way that the Yankees are actually still in a competitive window with this roster at all, or do you think they truly have to break it down in order to get back to where they want to be? I mean, I, I don't know where they want to be. Uh, like, they could easily... Let's I mean, let's I assume do, they want to be in the World Series. <laughs> I can't I can't assume that, but if, if you do, then I think you might have to go for a full rebuild. But I do think that this roster can make the playoffs next year just because baseball is so random and, like, you know, you can... I expect a leap from Volpe. I expect Glaber to still be good. I expect Judge to play a full season. You expect Glaber to still be here? Should Sorry? You expect Glaber to still be here? He better still be here. He's like the only other guy on the team that can hit. I, I agree with you, but there is a lot of, you know, a lot of thoughts that if you're going to do anything and try to get something back, the most value that you have is Glaber, and that's that thought has been around forever. Um, I agree, but I don't think you're going to get much. Like, I think he's more valuable here than as a yeah. trade ship just because there's nobody else on this team that can hit. Um, but, yeah, I, I would say that if everything breaks right next year, sure, they can make the playoffs. Um, maybe they can make the World Series. Who knows? I've seen worse teams in the World Series. But, like, it, 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 it's hard to count on that, you know. Uh, so, I don't know. At this point, we'll see what happens. I don't expect them to do nothing just because that's they never really do absolutely nothing. They'll maybe even make just a window dressing move. They'll do something. But I don't have a lot of confidence in this franchise while it's still under the direction of Brian Cashman. Me neither. I, I Everybody is saying go get Soto. I, I don't see them remotely even. I don't I don't even know if I see them calling Preller. Like, that just doesn't. This, this regime has no. been averse to making giant moves um, for a few years, it feels like. When was the last time they did something that felt earth-shattering? Well, I mean, the judge resigning. No, um, that was Hal, Garrett first Cole. of all, and they had to do that. And Garrett Cole's free agency was, what, coming after 2019? After he'd yeah, beaten them for COVID. years? So, yeah, okay. If COVID didn't happen, they would have won the World Series in 2020. I, feel like I, I, I think that's true, actually, yeah. Um, I think that was the year because the Astros were down, the Red Sox were down. They had a chance, and I don't think the Rays would have held that pace over a full season. No. I, I really think that was their shot, was uh, having a full season in 2020. and running yeah. back a lot of that same core from 2019 and earlier. I think they would have had a shot. That 19 season that was great, and people, like, you know, the the 17 team gets, like, all of the, you know, the flowers in, in people's memory just because of how fun and, un, like, unexpected that run was. Um, but the 19 team was so good too, and they also that was the uh, the Chapman smiling at the Altuve homer, wasn't it? Um, the Mets, what is going on with them? What do you think they should be doing? Um, do they have any hope for next year? I know they told Scherzer they don't have hope for two or three years, but what do you think? Yeah, they got hope. I mean, uh, uh, this year basically everything went wrong that could go wrong for the Mets, and I don't foresee that happening again. And they do have young pieces coming up. I don't love the roster. I, I just something seems off with it. Um, but yeah, I, they could sneak into a wild card spot next year for sure. I, I, the the problem is going to be the pitching because really behind Senga, just not a whole lot there. They're depending on a lot of innings from guys that are either unproven or old. Um, but I do expect them to go out and maybe get a, a starter, maybe a Jordan Montgomery or someone like that. I could see them um, going after Monty. That makes sense. Or one of the Japanese pitchers um, that. Uh, they just did that with Senga. I think I could see them doing it again. Yeah, possibly. But if they go out and they add a couple pitchers and maybe like a couple low-level bats, then sure, they could be in contention for a wild-card spot. I mean, it's baseball. You know, it's like it. it I, the problem with the Mets is going to be I think that they're going to hire Craig Council. Um, I just don't know 
why I think that's almost set in stone at this point. Craig Council would want that job. Uh, not to sound mean. No, but, I, I mean, you know, what really is there's they have youth. They have a, a very young team. Um, they also just brought in Stearns, who he's worked with for years. Um, so I, I do think they're going to have to pay him a lot because he's probably. from Wisconsin. He, like that's like his dream job. It seems like, and he's you know he's uh, yeah. The word was really on him. He seemed like a big not city a New guy, York guy. Hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. This uh, this this Mets roster is also. I mean, they're they just traded for a lot of youth. Obviously, a lot of prospects, but their actual starting talent is kind of getting up there in age. I mean, Alonzo is going to be twenty nine. Next year, um, Lindor is going to be 30 at the start of next season. Canna is 35. Nimmo is going to be 31. Starling Marte is way overpaid, and he's going to be 31. Um, or, excuse me, 35. I, I don't know. You also have you have guys who came up last year. Francisco Alvarez ended up looking good. Vientos, their, uh, their kid without a position. Um, he... Uh, He's he's 23. He didn't really do too much. Brett Beatty showed up, and he didn't really do a lot. Um, so a lot of guys that you would have wanted to see as a next youth movement, not a lot to believe in. Um, do you think these guys end up sticking around, or is this just going to be like a wasted wave of youth? Yeah, I think some of them will. Uh, I think Beatty looked better in the minors um, than he has in the pros, but I do think he kind of showed an uptick towards the end of the last season. I think they were concerned with his defense, which I do think improved. Um, Alvarez, I mean, I've been on the record with how I feel about catching prospects, but (laughs) Alvarez does seem to be uh, like a genuinely very good hitter. Um, You don't like catching prospects, by the way, if anybody doesn't know. Uh, Vientos would be the one that concerns me, just because I don't like DH prospects that immediately turn into DHs. He has no position. They they didn't even what? let him play the field. I don't I don't think he was he out there once. Let me check. Hold on. Probably. Uh, yes. Okay. So they stuck him at third. Well, that's where he played in the minors. And uh, and first a little bit last year, but yeah, mostly mostly D. Well, he's not he's not gonna play first because he got Alonzo. He's yeah. probably not gonna play third because I would imagine Beatty will play. So yeah, he doesn't really have a position. No. I, I don't know. But, he could end up being traded, I guess, and maybe see if they put him back at third. Um, yeah. yeah. So we'll see how that works with infusing the um, Milwaukee Brewers into the Mets. Um, <laughs> I, I wish them luck. Yeah, and if there's any team in the NL that you want to copy their success arc, it's the Brewers. You get eliminated in the first round every year after a good regular season. Um, yeah. All right. So I think that's kind of it for the baseball. There's not a lot to talk about baseball-wise just because there's no news. Um, you know, outside – New York baseball, I should say. There's a lot to talk about for the playoffs, which um, Nolan mm-hmm. and I will most likely get into on Mudville this week. Um, but you'll uh, you can stick around and listen for that um, until we start getting like the end of year press conferences uh, and any kind of moves. There won't be a lot to talk about New York baseball wise. Um, Morgan, any thoughts at all about hockey before we send people on their way? I haven't really paid much attention. Me I know neither. the Rangers got <laughs> shelled last night, and uh, Jonathan Quick had to come in for uh, Shesterkin. Uh So that's, that's not fun. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know. I, the Rangers got a new coach. We'll, we'll see how it works out. I, I, I want to see more before I make a judgment. Sure. Fair enough. And by see it more, you mean watch a few games so we can talk about it. Because <laughs> it's same here. Yeah, I mean, I'll turn it on <laughs> if, if there's nothing else on. It's just there's a lot on, right? There's, now. there's know, a lot on. I'll start watching it in the yeah. in January, February. Actually, we could talk about the Liberty, too. Did you watch the finals? I did not. I was working. Oh, but, it was um, entertaining I, games. Yeah, I 
did hear that a lot of people talking about that and i think the liberty have a lot to be proud of and especially with uh, sabrina throwing up on the sideline yeah on the yeah baseline, just getting right back into the game yeah that's um, something i She's did tough read lady. about that I, <laughs> yeah I, I thought that was really cool and it seemed like there were a lot of people at the game and really good atmosphere so it was yeah nice to see that it is nice to see that and um i live a few minutes away from the barclays center so that was kind of cool too seeing like an actual you know crowd there um that's a shot at the nets by the way not a shot at the liberty um the uh the the aces are the first team to win back-to-back titles in the wmba since like 2002 so that's impressive too yeah and oh congrats so to uh darren waller uh, yes his wife is on the aces yeah uh, maybe a little Asia bit of that Wilson? success will rub off um i actually don't know i just know that she is on the the aces let me let me look that I up i want to get this right i'm sorry it's not Asia wilson i apologize it's kelsey plum I, kelsey plum Asia wilson is uh also there, but not married Not married to Darren Waller. Apologies on that one. Yeah. Um, yes, Kelsey Plum, um, who uh, she she had a pretty good game, I think, too, in that in that finals. And he was there on the sideline. That was kind of fun. Everyone was like, "Hey, look, <laughs> you know, yeah. New York stars are out. There goes Darren Waller." Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was great. But he was, you know, he was not there for the New York team, which is funny. But anyway, um, yeah. So good luck uh, next year for the Liberty. They had a good uh, run this year. You know bring home a championship it was fun to have a new york team in the finals anywhere um just because you know i found myself really pulling for him at the end there i was thinking like man you don't get to see this very often there's no team in this city who's doing anything really um so uh right you know, had a had a root for him when you get the chance um yeah so yeah that was fun um all right well i think that'll do it for the first episode of the stab brothers new york sports uh morg where can uh people find you yeah, you can catch me on Twitter at Morg of the Flies, like the novel Lord of the Flies, but with M-O-R-G in front. <laughs> and uh, I'll be mostly posting about person. nonsense and uh, deleting a lot of tweets once I realize they're stupid after no, about 30 seconds. you're a great so, follow, yeah, please. Check that out. Morgan's a fantastic follow. Um, you can find me at BoardGuy23 on Twitter. I'm not going to call it the other thing. Um, also, I'm on Blue Sky. Morgan, I think you're also on Blue Sky. Yep, same name right. on Blue Sky. I'm trying to post there a little bit more. Just yeah. Uh, Elon Musk is a, not a fan. I'm not no, a fan of him. Same. Um, so, yeah, uh, this will do it for the episode. We'll be back hopefully next week. Um, if you like this new show, let us know. Um, we're trying to do something new. And, uh, and if not, don't let us know. Yeah, no, keep it to yourself. Um, <laughs> all right. Appreciate it, guys. See you next week. Bye-bye.